This is the Plant Advice Gardening Podcast, Episode 34, The Chelsea Flower Show and Gardening Jobs and Plants of Interest for June. Plantadvice.co.uk for all your gardening needs. Hello and welcome to the Plant Advice Gardening Podcast with me, Richard Farrer. And me, Sue Mack. This is the podcast to help you get the very best out of your garden with our regular features such as jobs to do in the garden and plants of note for this time of year. Coming up in this episode, we'll be discussing the Chelsea Flower Show. We'll have interviews from Dermot Gavin, Cleve West, Joe Thompson and Anne-Marie Powell, talking to them about their garden designs. Our plant of the month for June is Potentilla fruticosa marion red robin. We have jobs to do in the garden and the vegetable garden. And we have forthcoming garden and flower shows. At last, summer's here, Sue, or it should be. In June technically is summer in the UK, although it hasn't really come in with a bang, has it? No. No. It's come in with a bit of a... It's been really cold again. It has for us in the south and east Anglia here, although in Wales and Scotland we've got friends which are on holiday in Scotland. Apparently it's been glorious weather. Yeah, looking at their pictures on Facebook and their comments, although I do see them in sort of thick jackets, but I suppose... It is Scotland. It is Scotland. But yeah, no, we've had a really cold spell again and it's I must be confusing everything growing outside. Uh, very much so. We've had a cold spring which did slow down a lot of plants and extended the flowering season for things like the bulbs, such as the daffodils and the tulips. Chelsea, I think it knocked them back a little bit. They've had to choose different plants, as we'll find out later when we speak to some of the garden designers. But we were lucky with Chelsea. They actually had a good week. The day we went was a bit cold in the morning, but the afternoon was glorious, wasn't it? Yeah, and like you said, generally, I think the whole week was fine. I don't think they had any rain, did they? I don't think so. Yeah, no. so they were very lucky you and can we were lucky. Providing it's not raining. Yes. Yeah. We weren't certain we were going to go. <laughs> the <laughs> last podcast, it was... Ooh, Touch we and go, tickets. I think, this year. It was like, oh, no, we can't not go. But thank you ever so much to the RHS and especially to Ellie in the press office there. We did get our tickets. We had a glorious day. And what are your sort of highlights, your thoughts from this year's show then? Just the fact that we actually get to the show is brilliant. It's such a privilege to experience the whole day. So the whole day is amazing. And what did you think of this year's crop of gardens and the flowers? I loved them. There wasn't really any garden and I would have said there. that's not great. A lot of people commented they felt there was a lot more orange this year. No, I disagree. There, there was a bit, but yeah. I, I wouldn't have said... If anything, I'd have said the colour palette was more muted, more woodland schemes, and maybe that is partly because we had a colder spring. Yeah, definitely I wouldn't have said more orange this year. I've seen a lot more orange in previous years, and we're dominates, but no, not at all this year. Cleve West's garden was definitely a woodland scene. He drew his inspiration from the moors, didn't he? Was yes. it Exmoor, Dartmoor? One of the moors, can't quite remember. He'll tell us in the interview now. 
Chris Beardshaw's again was a very calming place. That was for the Children's Hospital in London, yes, wasn't it? Yes, but his were all the blues and the lilacs because he said it was going to be in a sheltered it area. Was, it was designed to be in a sheltered place, so they got plants from woodlands which yes. were sheltered, which tend, which to, be tend to be the blues and, the, blues and yeah. the lilacs. I mean, it was stunning, really stunning. And yeah. Dermot's garden. We've got to mention yeah, Dermot's yeah. garden. Oh, his planting is beautiful. <laughs> his planting was a riot of colour. Yes. Lupins and foxgloves. It was absolutely amazing. Mm. Very symmetrical. Of, yeah. Very formal. Very. But a lot of foxgloves and a lot of lupins. Just about every garden had lupins or foxgloves or both in them. Which we consider to be quintessentially British garden plants, yes. don't we? Yes. But why is that? Are they really? I don't know where lupins come from. Foxgloves might be, but so many of our plants come from across the world. It's I can't... What, it's, I don't know. what actually is an English garden? You know, what is it? That changes over the period, doesn't it? Yes. You look back to the 1600s, 1700s, that would be completely different to what we've got now. Uh-huh. And I'm sure 50 years, 100 years from now, the style again will be different. But I also think it's because we are getting warmer. So the stuff which wouldn't have grown is definitely growing now. The climate is undoubtedly changing. Yeah. Certainly in the UK, we're not getting the extremes of weather from cold winters and warm summers. No. The winters don't seem as cold and the summers don't seem as warm. Well, this is it. I mean, so many plants, like we've said before, from South Africa. Yeah. And yeah. they do well here. They do, yeah. Which they probably wouldn't have 50 years ago because it would have been too cold for them. Or you stick them in the greenhouse through the winter. Yeah. But even yeah. so, you know, like you said, if we look back, the gardens would have been very different. Indeed. Well, Dermot's garden, a very, what we think is an English garden, <laughs> English garden. <laughs> what you perhaps aspire to, very formal, symmetrical, oh, beautiful, beautiful planting. But he did have a few mad bits in there, didn't he? Well, he has to, because that's him <laughs> and that's his <laughs> that's trademark. That's trade, and it's yeah. absolutely wonderful. A bit of playfulness. Yes. Yeah. We did actually manage to catch up with Dermot, and he spent a few minutes talking to us, and this is what Dermot had to say to us. Hello, Dermot. Hi, how are you? Good, thank you, yes. At least the weather's a bit better. Oh, isn't it wonderful? Yeah, it really is wonderful. Mind you, the plants are going to suffer, but we have the hose out now. We've had a really cold spring. Has that affected things in preparation? Oh, no, because I sent my plants off to the side of France. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of them were grown in Italy, some with rose hardy and whatever. So, yeah, it does. So you overorder, you lose some. We had white uh, foxtail lilies that were meant to be here, but they didn't make it. They blossomed a little bit too soon we had euphorbia that a uh, really lovely uh, euphorbia with suffer green that came too soon but you compensate with something else so, so you've grown a lot of these plants in foreign climes all but around they're the place. quintessentially yeah. british plants aren't they like the yeah. lupins and the foxgloves absolutely and... the problem with well it's not a problem but in native plants in this country we don't have that much color we have spring meadow color and some shrubs and whatever that and trees that produce flowers but we don't have an awful lot so, yeah, but all the plants you see in most British gardens aren't from Britain. No, so they're, not, the indigenous, as, yeah, yeah, they're not indigenous. Yeah, they're not indigenous. them from all over the but world. We have, like, countryside wildflowers. We've got an awful lot of the uh, like things like red campion from, and as I say, rose hardy, and we've Peter Beale roses, so it is a real mix. And your garden's a real mix, because you've got a very formal sort of centre line. It's arts and crafts, symmetrical form, Italianate sunken pond, uh, Yorkstone terraces, and then a little bit of madness. Which is your stock in trade, isn't it, really? 
Yeah. Uh, well, when I come here, it is. <laughs> because you like to do something that makes people smile or think. So gardens that... I'm not too interested in the metal process. If you get obsessed by that, you'll do kind of copycat gardens year after year and just try and keep your record. So I like to have a little bit of fun or try something new or challenge. It's a bit like Willy Wonka meets Percy Thrower. Two of my great inspirations <laughs> and heroes from Blue Peter days and from the first Willy Wonka movie, absolutely. I think it ticks all the boxes. It is quintessentially British. You've Good. got the borders, all the bright flowers, yes. but yeah. you've got that playfulness yeah, as that's well, it. haven't you? That's it. That's, uh, that's it. what's important. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank nice you. to see you. Bye. What a lovely chap. Yeah, very nice, very friendly, very enthusiastic. He got silver gilt for his Harrods British Eccentrics Garden, yes. and it was British I'm Eccentric. I'm surprised they didn't feature it much, though, because we obviously, when we get back, we so... The TV coverage. Yeah, yeah, we watch all the TV coverage, and they didn't seem to really feature it much, and yet it was a stunning garden. It really was. was stunning. I and, don't know And why. Joanne, who goes with us, I think it was one of her favourite of the day. Yeah, even without the mad bits. Yes, no, I think off. she loved it, the mad it, bits. <laughs> as well. <laughs> yes. I can imagine her and Chris trying to get those, those oh, her, in their her garden. husband, <laughs> yeah, in his shed with his tools. Yes. Yeah, I could see him do something like that. <laughs> oh, that appeals to their personalities does, for sure. Yeah. Now, diametrically opposed to that, we spoke to Cleve West with his garden, the M&G garden. That was trying to reimagine a piece of moorland where he lived as a teenager. And this was much more subdued, but a bit controlled, but it was actually a beautiful planting. Very subtle, wasn't it? It was very subtle. Yeah. Very nice. So this is what Cleve had to say to us. Cleve, this strikes me as a slightly different garden view because it's very tranquil, a bit of a woodland scene. It's not overly manicured, apart from a brief nod to modernity with the grey slabs in the centre, perhaps. That's right. It's, um, I'm not trying to recreate a natural scene in any form, really. It's not um, Exmoor. It's based on my experience as a teenager living on Exmoor, but I'm not trying to recreate any specific scene. It's really a, an acknowledgement of the experience I had exploring the landscape down there and just to do it in a contemporary way. And, and so, yes, we've used sawn sandstone. In fact, the boulder, the rusty stone that you see in the garden is the same stone as those blue slabs. Really? It's just the way they've been... They, when you cut into the heart of that stone, it's, a, it's either a blue-grey or a blue-green. You'd never say it was the same stone, no, would you? No, you wouldn't. No. And it's quite a challenging, it's like nerve-wracking moment when we put them together, but um, it seems to have worked out OK. And how have you gone and chosen the plants for this particular scheme then? Well, the plants, they all endure shade to a greater or lesser degree, so we've just chosen plants that, not necessarily native uh, woodland plants, but plants that do enjoy shade. So it's a contrived sort of woodland setting, if you like. If somebody were to imagine a perfect woodland scene, it would be something like this. I'm not sure. It'd probably be a little bit more, even more wild than this, but this is quite ornamental. You know, it's, it, it is a contrived space, so um, we weren't going to hold back on putting flowers in there. But then all gardens are contrived, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. A garden by its very nature, yeah. isn't it? Very, very definition. controlling nature. Exactly, exactly. So, um, yeah, it's been fun putting it together. And we've got things like the Vaccinium corymbosum, the blueberry, which has got a very similar form to the oak trees. And the oak trees, we couldn't get Quercus roba, the English oak. We had to go for Quercus pubescens. Yes, I know this is a slightly different oak, but yeah. a very small leaf on them, aren't they? Yeah, it's a lovely tree. You find them more in sort of central Europe, you know, mid-France, yeah. across that latitude. 
I, it was the form that was the most important for me to remind me of home. And then those are quite modest size for oak, really, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Although the, the oaks that I remember on Porlock Hill were buffeted by the elements and they were stunted. So they weren't actually that much taller than these. So it's pretty much a fair representation of what it's, I remember. As you say, it's the sort of shape and form you've been yeah, aiming yeah, for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's lovely, and when the sun comes out now and you've got the dappled shade in there, yeah. I think it shows it off to its best, doesn't it? It does, yeah. The light really brings it to life. So we're lucky on this press day to have sunshine for a change. We have. Beautiful, Cleve. I hope you do really well. All I'm right. sure you will, as always. Thanks, Richard. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. OK. <laughs> Again, what a lovely gentleman. Very nice man. Always we have pleasure. chatted to him before. Always a pleasure yeah. to speak to him. And he always comes up with the goods, doesn't he? Yes. A consummate professional. But we spoke to Jo Thompson this year as well. We've seen her at some of the other shows. We've never spoken to her before. Now, she, that was my favourite yeah, garden. she did the Chelsea Barracks Garden oh. and won a gold medal but there was something different about her garden for Chelsea, wasn't there? Yeah, she had grass. <laughs> she had grass. Unheard of in Chelsea. I oh, know. You just don't have grass in your garden, do you? <laughs> just but about no, everybody does, but not Chelsea. Absolutely. Most of us have lawns in our gardens. We go and relax on all the kids to play on. So why not? And I'm really pleased to see oh, that she got a gold medal. Stunning. Such an elegant design, wasn't it? Beautiful. As we're, I said, it was my favourite of the day. We're looking at doing a new border and we've definitely got some ideas. Yeah. And she had a lot of roses, but really low-growing roses, almost like ground cover. Mm, Interesting to see roses used in that way. Yeah, you must definitely look at the pictures on the website. Yeah. Cause Go onto our Facebook page or onto our website, plantadvice.co.uk. There's a link on our website to the Facebook page and you will find this year's Chelsea 2016 photos. I think you put about 100 up, haven't you, Sue? Yes. Difficult to decide which ones to leave out. Yes. Anyway, this is what Joe had to say to us. So, Joe, can you explain the concept behind your garden here at Chelsea? Well, this garden is the Chelsea Barracks Garden, and it's a communal garden, so it's hopefully a real garden for real people. There's a lawn in the middle where you can just sit and read or have a picnic. There are lots of benches where you can sit just by yourself or with friends. So I wanted it to be that kind of place where you could be by yourself and relax or be with a bunch of people and have a good time. I think you've hit the nail on the head. I think stunning, really elegant, and as you say, you've got a lawn. Do you think you're breaking a mould a little bit in Chelsea by putting a lawn in a Chelsea garden? I don't know. I saw a quote yesterday from somebody which said, oh, you're either going to love or hate the lawn. So I thought, well, you know, I really wanted it. And I think that, you know, like anything, you should always go with your gut feeling. And I felt that this garden needed that green space, that area of calm in the middle of all the I love the, the lawn. I think it really works well. It sets up running else. You've got the nice oval and then a curving path and a little rill. I think more Chelsea gardens should have a lawn. Because okay. we've all got lawns at home, haven't we? Yeah, most real gardens have lawns. So now real I think gardens, we all go, that's real it, gardens. real gardens, and that's what I do. I'm not very good at kind of conceptual things. <laughs> that's far I, too clever. I think it's beautiful. How have you attempted to plan the planting for this then? 
Well, the garden is for the Chelsea Barracks, as I said, and the one original building on site is the Garrison Chapel, which has this lovely rose-patterned glass window. So that gave me carte blanche to plant lots and lots of roses. I love roses. I use them in, you know, most of the show gardens I've done, I've used roses, and I use them in all the real garden, you know, as many real gardens as I can. The roses you've got in there are quite small, low-growing roses in amongst the other planting. They're not big shrub roses, which are kind of making a big statement they sort of just nestle in amongst everything else and i wanted to show people how you can do that that they don't have to be as you say great big shrub roses that take up a lot of space and you can't plant underneath i wanted to show people that you can get a very sort of soft flowing effect i think it's made us think you can use roses in a different way in a border as opposed to as you say been a, a statement sort of shrub rose yes know. yeah as you say it's just nestled in with everything else Brilliant. I think we've got our work cut out when we go home now. You've certainly given us an inspiration. Thank you very much, Joe, and I wish you all the best. I hope the judges do give you points for that lawn. You should do. Fingers crossed. It's an immaculate lawn anyway. No weeds like ours. (laughs) (laughs) No, not like mine either at home. Quite a lot of dandelions. (laughs) Yes. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you. I'm so pleased she's got gold because I think she's done Chelsea a few times, hasn't she? And it's so nice to gold, see her pushing it. I don't know about that. She might have had golds before. I can't. No, I think it. Well, it? I stand to be corrected, but I think it was her first goal. But we can. Well, well, we'll deserved, have a look and yeah. see. And but if it is, then well deserved for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely, and for having lawn and pushing the boundaries a little bit. Maybe a few more will do that in the future as well. I think what I liked about it was the fact it just looked like a normal garden because some of the gardens are very showpiecey. Something you can aspire to. Yeah. And you can take a lot of inspiration exactly. from. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And finally, the interviews for Chelsea this year, we spoke to Anne-Marie Powell. We spoke to her last year at the RHS Hampton Court Flower Show. This year she did a show garden for the RHS's Green and Grey Britain for Health happiness and horticultural campaign it was a feature garden she wasn't being judged but it was lovely it was demonstrating what we can all do in our front gardens to make the front gardens a bit more inspiring as opposed to be paved over and just a place to plonk the car on Anne-Marie you were at Hampton Court last year and now you're at the most prestigious flower show in the world, aren't you? Chelsea. Absolutely. I love it. Uh, who doesn't? <laughs> so explain a little bit behind the concept of this garden. Yeah, OK. So this is the RHS's Green and Grey Britain Garden for Health, Horticulture and Happiness. And essentially, it's a garden that's promoting that we use more plants in our front garden spaces and in gardening generally, created not just for individuals, but for communities as well. So... You've probably noticed we're paving over our front gardens at a rate of knots for parking. And nowadays, one in four gardens in the front UK is paved over completely. And one in three has absolutely no plants in it whatsoever. So I really wanted to create a really bright, jolly space that didn't take itself too seriously to just show how bringing a bit of colour into people's lives just makes you happy. Because our whole cityscapes, and not just in cities, towns and villages, are completely changing and we just... It changes our lives and how we feel about being alive in in towns. You go out in the morning, you get into your car to go to work, and if you've got a nice front garden, maybe some aromatic plants you brush past, you get a nice waft of a fragrance. It can really transform your life, I think. Yeah, and it's something that kind of... It's a welcoming sort of hello at the end of the day, isn't it? So if you've had a really terrible day at work, 
coming back home and feeling a bit of cheerful colour is there to welcome you like what could be nicer so tell me what's your front garden like at home we've got quite a big front garden yes. actually so but it's north facing but it's completely planted so the front garden is about as big as the back it's not too bad full of ferns and hellebores and grasses and yeah mediums. we've done a front garden a little bit we've got a little grass patch but we've got some hellebores in there a little yew hedge we're growing, which we want to topiarise if we can. And I see you've got some yew there, you've topiarised, haven't you? Well, the garden's kind of zoned so that there's different sort of ideas for different people. So no matter the size of your garden, I'm hoping that you'll be able to take some ideas home with you. So we've got a kind of wet perennial meadow at the front, so that's sort of slightly damper. And then the, a raised area, which is full of lavender and topiary pieces, which is a bit more formal. But that is completely smothered the pergola atop with this gorgeous orangey pinky rose it's amazing yeah well it's heavenly in scent it's called westerland and once the sun comes out you'll be able to smell that right across the garden really it's really really scented and then of course on top of the container which represents a garage we've got the vegetable garden so I'm trying to show that no matter how little space you've got even if you don't have a garden there is space to have some plants in your life You've got a wonderful array of plants. You've got the lupins. I see you've got the verbascum again. You do like your verbascum, don't yeah, you? Yeah, I do. <laughs> this one's Petrus. Just get sort of slightly different, but just tonally correct with the container yeah. and just keep the colour pumping all the way through the space, to be honest. You certainly have colour and your dress as well. It matches perfectly with it. <laughs> Thank you, it's on lo- purpose. Yes, it looks absolutely lovely. If anyone had a front garden like this, I think they'd be amazed. Oh, thank you, Rich. That's really, really lovely. You wouldn't want to go around to the back garden, would you? No, and that's so nice because I put. So we have a bench in our front garden, yeah. and my children particularly love sitting on it and just saying hi to the neighbours oh, that pass wow. by. So you Fantastic. know, and it's all about plants and people growing together. Really, this is not being judged, though, is no, it? No, it isn't. It's no. a feature garden. Mm, yeah, absolutely. That's a shame, but I'm sure you'd do well anyway. You know, lots of people are saying <laughs> that to me. It's a shame, but you know, I'm so relieved. <laughs> <laughs> it takes the pressure off completely. Well, it must do, So actually, yeah. I can just enjoy yeah. today without biting my nails and speak to people <laughs> like you. How lovely. That was wonderful. <laughs> well, we hope to see you again sometime. Lovely. Thank, Thank you, you very, very much. much. Nice to see you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Hers was a riot of colour, wasn't it? Yes. But again, I think that's her trademark. She loves colour. You can see the way she dresses. Oh, the She's bright just... red dress. Yes. yes. <laughs> very enthusiastic. Yeah. And I think it's a very good campaign. If one it or three is. or four... Houses in the UK are paved over. That's quite tragic. It's, yeah, yeah. Missing out. Yeah. yeah, and the wildlife is missing out. But again, yes, it is good, and we all hopefully want to strive to that. But that is the problem in England. You've got so little space for more parking and more cars a car, required, yeah. and families today they've got more than one car. Yeah. But it, but I think shame. what they're trying to say is you still have the parking, but you can try be, and make a little bit yes, of thought. Yeah, you can add a bit. yeah, yeah. That's the key point. Yeah. Now, our plant of the month for June is a Potentilla fruticosa Marion Red Robin, also called Marob. It has the plant breeder rights, which means it is like copyright protected for a plant, sometimes called a shrubby sinkfoil. It is quite a long flowering plant, so that's good to have in the garden, a compact, bushy, deciduous shrub. 
It's fully hardy. The RHS have given it the H7 scale, which means it's hardy in the severest European and continental climates down to minus 20. I wouldn't be seen outside in those sort of temperatures. It has an average growth rate and grows up to about 80 centimetres tall and about a metre spread. It likes full sun or partial shade, but it is better in partial shade as the colours fade in full sun. They do start off red and they can go a bit orangey, so partial shade would be perhaps a bit more advisable if you want to keep the colour of the blooms. Soil is quite tolerant. It likes well-drained, but will accept poor to moderately fertile soil. And as I say, it tolerates a wide range of soils, but will also cope quite well with drought. The flowers, now these are the best bits. They're bright red flowers with yellow centres and pale yellow undersides. They're about an inch, two and a half centimetre diameter and they flower from May to October. So big bang for your buck in the summertime. The flowers start a brilliant red but can fade to orange if it's in the full sun as we said. The foliage is also quite nice. They're attractive dark green leaves with five narrow leaflets. It's got the RHS Award of Garden Merit and it's RHS Perfect for Pollinators Award, so it's good for the bees and likely to do well in your garden. Potent tillers are quite tough once established, generally pest and disease free. In the springtime, it's good to apply a mulch of well-rotted garden compost or manure and prune it lightly trim after flowering, removing the older stems to the base and some of the weaker spindlier growth. And propagation, if you want to propagate it, is best done by softwood cuttings in early summer. What do you think to this plant, Sue? It's quite a shrubby, low-growing shrub. Mm. The leaves are quite interesting, the little leaflets. They look succulent, or is that just the picture? Might be the picture. I don't think they are succulent, but oh. yeah, the, the picture seems to imply yeah. that. But the little leaflets, they are quite delicate, aren't yes. they? So even the foliage on this plant is interesting. Mm. I'd like to see it in real life. In real yeah. life. Um, we have got a potentilla. You bought one recently from a small stand by the roadside, didn't you? Yes. Not this one, I don't think. No, it isn't because the leaves are a lot finer on that one. Colourful plant, interesting leaves. The mm. fact it flowers so long is good for the yes. garden. Yes, the colour is beautiful. Good for the bees, which is yeah. nice. And it's an RHS award of garden merit, so you know that chances are you plonk it in your garden, it's It'll going grow. to work. Yes. It's quite a tough little thing. And it's nice for the front of the border. Yeah. It could be nice in the front garden, actually. Yes. Yeah. And the reds and the oranges, that's a nice that's vibrant lovely. Yeah. colour in the. We were talking about Chelsea and the yeah. oranges, weren't we? So but there we is. go. Yeah. Shrubby sink foil. That's uh, Potentilla. They're good plants, and this particular one is highly recommended. Jobs to do in the garden. Now, jobs to do in the garden for June. June is going to be a hectic period in the garden. The weather should be here, should be warm. With a bit of rain, it is going to be madness time for the plants. Although rain might not be that common. So if you do get some, try saving and storing the rainwater. You might already have a water butt in your garden. The more, the merrier. We're thinking of getting another one. We've got two. We added another one last year. We have Had two you used and them I still up, run you? out, yes. Yeah. So we're going to try adding another one and the rainwater is much better than the tap water because it's got no chemicals added to it it's neutral ph if you'd have a water butt it's a great way to take advantage of those torrential summer downpours they're often characteristic of a traditional british summer unfortunately mm. water at this time of year is particularly precious so save and store every drop of rainwater that you can 
if you're on a meter, it will also save you some pennies. Time also to cut back spring-flowering perennials. Many spring-flowering perennials that have just finished flowering can be cut back quite hard now. This often encourages fresh new growth and a second flush of flowers. The oriental poppies are an example that will benefit from this treatment especially so. And now irises. Try to keep the rhizomes of irises clear of the foliage of other plants. This allows them to bake in the summer sun, which will result in better flowering display next year. Also, slugs and snails. They're the bane of any gardener. We've put some nematodes down again this year. We did last year to try and keep the slugs off. Unfortunately, the nematodes don't target snails. Slightly different. I thought no slugs were little houses on, but they must be subtly different species. They're mm-hmm. not targeted. Slugs and snails do like hostas, so protect your hostas and other vulnerable plants from slugs and snails if you can. Or set beer traps around the garden and perhaps with some sharp grit. They don't like crawling over sharp grit and the beer traps, they go for the beer, they fall in and drown. Mm. But at least they'll have a, a happy death. Yeah, but uh, some of these things don't work. We've tried them as well. I've got to do your best. It's a constant battle, oh, it isn't is, it? it is, yes. Man against nature mm. or woman against nature. Mm. <laughs> Shrub pruning. Prune any shrubs that have just finished flowering. The deciduous carrier, for example, should have any branches that carry in spent blooms removed. Leave any flowerless shoots as they will flower again next year. With evergreen shrubs, just trim to your desired shape after flowering. Our carrier's just finished, isn't it? The yellow one in the garden, suit yes. by the patio doors. Oh, it was Always beautiful a good show, this especially year. so this mm. year, yeah. And open gardens at this time of year. For inspiration, visit gardens that are open to the public, often for charity. You can gather ideas to make your own garden even more interesting and colourful at this time of year. And why not, when you're visiting the garden centre, purchase plants that fragrant summer flowers. Plant them close proximity to patio areas or in your front garden. So as you're going out to the car in the morning, you get a nice waft. Or as you're sitting on the patio, you can also enjoy the scent as well as the colour. We've got a nice lavender next to our patio, haven't we? Yeah, we've got a couple of lavenders now in the garden. Lavenders actually seem to do well for us. They're beautiful. We don't do much to them, but they work. They work really well. like lupins they don't yes. grow for us we see them in chelsea we want lupins no they don't grow <laughs> not for us they don't no. they, they grow but they never flower no, they grow in the village around here don't they no but Other we've got people. one growing but it just never gets any flowers um, on it and we try to put a high potash potassium feed which is supposed to feed flowers and that doesn't seem to help no. i don't know we're doomed Mm-hmm. Other jobs to do at this time of year are deadheading, a constant job, regular lawn mowing, raise the height of the cut in very dry weather so you don't stress the grass, trim the border edges. So you always trim the border edges first, don't you? Then mow so you hoover up the trimmings. No, I, I mow, trim, then mow again. Oh, you twice. <laughs> well, perhaps everyone doesn't have to be quite so quite so fussy, but it looks beautiful once you've done it. <laughs> a well-earned gin and tonic afterwards. Also, constant job at this time of year, regularly spray roses against green fly and black spot. 
we seem to be doing okay with black spot. We've had a few mm. green fly though, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. But we'll keep on top of that. Yeah. And water and feed your containers and hanging baskets regularly if it doesn't rain. Even if it does rain, I think they need quite a lot this time of year. They do. Certainly in hanging baskets, they can't hold much moisture and no. the plants are really going to suck it and up. And also they're they? always near the house, so if it rains, they don't always get enough Sheltered, water. Yeah. And continue to pinch out the vegetative side shoots of tomatoes, encouraging the development of more flowers and therefore fruits, and feed them with a good feed once a week. In the vegetable garden. In the vegetable garden, you can still be sowing outside chicory, lettuce, peas, runner beans, French beans, courgettes, marrows, pumpkins, radish, carrots, turnips, weeds, beetroot, spinach and broccoli. And you can plant out young plants that have been started inside of celery, sweet corn, tomatoes, leeks, courgettes, marrows, cucumbers and pumpkins. And the best part now is time to harvest. You can be harvesting rhubarb, peas, French beans, tomatoes, onions, radish, carrots, turnips, beetroot, early crop potatoes, spinach, cauliflowers and cabbages. We're getting a bit of our lettuce now, aren't we, Sue? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And our lettuce is doing well. later at the end of this month, beginning of July, we should be able to look at harvesting some of that early potatoes. Potatoes. Our potatoes are looking really good. Glorious. New yeah. potatoes in a salad. And hopefully uh, we'll get a good crop of courgettes this year. Yeah. Hopefully. Didn't do too well, but many people didn't do too Mm -mm. well last year. Time will tell. Forthcoming garden shows. Forthcoming garden and flower shows for June. From the 16th to the 19th of June, there is the BBC Gardener's World Live here in the UK at the Birmingham NEC in the centre of the country. We're going to go to this one. We didn't go last year, did we, So We had a year off. We did. But apparently it's under new, I don't know if it's new management, but the RHS aren't involved, so it might have a slightly different Mm. feel to it this year. Yeah. We did speak to one of our friends at the Chelsea Flower Show, Malcolm, from Hooks Green Herbs. We've interviewed him in the past on the podcast, and he thinks it could be a really good show. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Although we've now been invited to the press coverage before it launches to the public yeah so will we get the same benefit as going the whole day we'll have to wait and see it won't be mad there with lots of people it's going to be the garden should be pristine because they've just been finished yeah it's going to be about half past five early evening we're in the middle of summer so it's going to be light until sort of nine o'clock exactly so yeah looking forward to yeah it will be interesting to be very good next month Well, we didn't think we were going to get to Chelsea this year, but we did, Sue, didn't we, in the we end? We did. It all turned out well. And it was a beautiful day. Beautiful day and Stunning gardens, gardens. Stunning just being there and experiencing it and, and it being so grateful. it you, doesn't it? Coming back, oh, yes. stick things in the garden. We're really into the verbascum now, aren't we? So oh, yes. We bought I think we bought two. Last year, so, uh, yes. A particular cultivar called Jackie, a sort That's of right. orangey, rusty sort of colour. And it's really doing well. It's yeah. Even now, I looked this morning and it's really all come up and it's so and We saw pretty. a lot of those in the Chelsea Gardens, yeah. along with the lupins and the foxgloves and delphiniums. Yeah. Tall plants dotted in amongst, not always at the back, weren't they? They were in the middle of yeah. planting. Yeah, yeah, we tend to always think low at the front, yeah, high, at, high the at the back, back but, but no, you don't not have at all. To mix it no, up. No, all mixed. So we're going to have a go at that. Yeah. We're looking at doing a new flower bed, aren't we? 
We are. And that's going to get a bit more sun, so it should give well, us a broader range of plants. Well, that'll be in sun most of the day. Yeah. So it's going to give us a bigger palette to yeah. plant with. Because our other bed gets a fair amount of sun, but what would you say, two, it's, three? Yeah, late, late sh- afternoon the sun goes behind and, the fence yeah. and it gets hidden. Where the yeah. new border will be sun right through till five, like, six. Yeah, 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 maybe later. Yeah, we can really go to town on... Maybe we'll take some photos as we're doing yes, it. Yes, I we think we should. And we can put them up on the website yes. and you can see our progress. Yes, I think we should do that. For us to see the progress as well. It is good. You do forget, don't you, what plants you You do forget. Some don't come up one year and others come up another year. It's, yeah, interesting. (laughs) Always changing. Anyway, it's time for us to get in the garden. Sue again is chomping at a bit to mow the lawn. (laughs) So that is about all for this episode. Thank you ever so much for listening. I hope you'll listen again next month. Do get out in the garden and enjoy your garden. This is the peak time of year for it. And until next month, it's goodbye from me and goodbye from me. This podcast was brought to you by plantadvice.co.uk for all your gardening needs.